Welcome to Insights into Action from KPMG, where we bring together business professionals and specialists from KPMG and beyond. In each episode, we'll delve into real-world stories and share unique insights that provide tangible actions that will benefit your business and help you navigate today's challenges and tomorrow's opportunities. Welcome to the Insights into Action podcast series. My name is Peter Liddell, and I lead KPMG's Global Operations Center of Excellence. In this series of bite-sized episodes, we explore a number of trends we've identified that will create both challenges and opportunities for supply chains in 2023. Looking at issues such as cybercrime to sustainability, we'll be unpacking everything our clients need to know in order to set themselves up for success. In today's episode, we're exploring how the acceleration of technology investment and the subsequent wide-scale digital transformation will continue to support supply chain leaders in 2023 and beyond. Joining me today is Rob Barrett. Rob serves as KPMG's Advisory Supply Chain Leader in the United States and chairs the KPMG Global Digital Supply Chain Operating Committee, so has a wealth of knowledge in this field. Welcome, Rob, and thanks for joining me for this episode. Thank you, Pete. So let's dig into our first insight. KPMG's recent global supply chain survey shows that six in 10 supply chain managers plan to invest in digital technology to bolster their supply chain processes, enhance their data synthesis, and their analytical capabilities. Now, Rob, obviously investment in digital transformation is not new, but how has the focus changed for clients in the last 12 months, and why is operations a large part of their focus? Yeah, that's a great question, Pete, and thanks for having me today. We all know that supply chains have been stressed over the last few years, and that stress has exposed significant areas of opportunity to make improvements in the supply chain. Many companies have lacked visibility to component supply, then transit materials, or even manufacturing capacity from their partners. Others have felt exposed in their ability to forecast demand. And many have struggled with things like transportation planning to try and combat rising logistics costs. I know very few manufacturing companies that didn't experience a supply chain stress that exposed some form of a deficiency in their business. In many cases, technology is needed to solve some of these complex issues. I think one chief supply chain officer said it best to me, he said, Rob, I'm not going to let a good crisis go to waste. I'm going to use this opportunity to invest in next generation technology to fix some of the issues that were exposed by the last couple of years. So what we're seeing now is that companies are out of firefighting mode and hand-to-hand combat and now have the bandwidth to really launch these performance improvement and technology implementation projects. The amount of supply chain technology spend happening at the moment is extremely high. So are you seeing clients invest in particular type of technologies to support their supply chains and address the challenges that you just outlined? We are. Quite frankly, there's significant investment happening across the board. However, we certainly see some trends emerging. Transportation management, for instance, is a really hot area. There are a significant number of companies investing in TMS solutions to try and reduce inbound freight costs and to better optimize outbound shipments and load planning. Planning is also a very hot area. The last two years broke most everyone's demand planning models or exposed inefficient S&P processes. So we're seeing significant investments in planning solutions to try to improve the quality of the demand signal or to improve the decision-making associated with SNOP processes. And last, but certainly not least, is a lot of spend happening in supply chain visibility. 
Over half of companies we've talked to have indicated that supply chain visibility is a top business priority, and therefore companies are investing in visibility platforms to get a better handle on supply availability, inventory positions, and capacity across their extended supply chain. And so what about some of the obstacles, Rob, perhaps that are even unforeseen by your clients, but cause the biggest headaches for supply chain leaders when it actually comes to investing and implementing that technology? That's a great question. Historically, supply chain leaders had to fight for dollars to invest in next generation technology. That is no longer the case. The supply chain woes of the last couple of years have become board level issues and supply chain leaders are not nearly as challenged today in securing dollars to invest in next generation technology. I see the challenges today though as really twofold. The first is bandwidth and finding the time and resources to carve out of day-to-day operations to invest in these next generation solutions. Many companies are still running quite lean, Pete. The second challenge is the change management associated with adopting new processes and ways of working while upskilling teams to take advantage of advanced technology. For instance, if a company adopts demand sensing techniques to augment their existing demand planning and forecasting process, that is often a significant change involving the use of external data sources and causal and correlated factors. As another example, if teams never leveraged a TMS for transportation optimization and planning, then that too will be a significant change to their current process and require additional skills from the team. So Rob, looking beyond this year, 2023, do you see potential changes either in the economic or even the political climate driving different sorts of digital transformation investment by supply chain leaders? There's a couple things I see. So first is that the problems of the last two years, visibility, transportation, optimization, demand planning, et cetera, are still challenges in areas certainly worthy of investments. That said, the current economic environment has resulted in a quick pivot to things like inventory optimization and cost takeout. So in that regard, we're seeing more investment in tools to assist with things like cost to serve analytics, inventory optimization, and network design or the consolidation of warehouses or nodes in the network. We also see continued investments in automation to further reduce costs or to improve efficiency in operations. I'd say the geopolitical environment is a concern for many, and as a result, we'll continue to see investments in risk management solutions and capabilities to truly understand where a company may have risk or exposure with suppliers two or sometimes three tiers upstream from a business. It's fair to say that when you speak to a lot of supply chain leaders right now, 2023 is still very much around survival and resilience, really building the foundations, getting all the capabilities in the supply chain. Whereas those that have now made that investment, maybe pre-pandemic or during the pandemic that have got that right, are starting to look at how do I enhance that capability further by investing in that almost futuristic AI and machine learning, deep dive supply chain analytics, and being able to drive more agility and responsiveness. So for those supply chain managers that are about to start the journey and accelerate their digital transformation programs this year, what advice would you give them? What should their first step be? Well, digital transformation is opportunity for businesses to remove friction in a process or to improve performance and decision-making. As we like to say, aim for frictionless processes and effortless decision-making. 
building a digital transformation roadmap can be daunting. It's often difficult to know where to start. An article called Daunted by Digital offers five steps a company can take to build a digital supply chain strategy. I'm not going to have time now to go through all five steps here. However, I will say that you don't have to go it alone. My first advice would be get an advisor to help you through the process and to help you sort through the myriad of technology options at your disposal. There are over 300 supply chain software vendors in the world. So once you figure out the area you're looking to improve, it makes sense to hire a guide to help you sort through the vast array of tech enablers out there. Yeah, I really like that advice, Rob Rank, getting the right technical advice. There's too many organizations I've met with in the last few years that seem to have so many different proof of concepts running around their organization. Some are doing analytics, some are doing intelligent process automation or robotic process automation, some are doing blockchain. And you ask the executive sponsor who's supporting those, why are you investing in that technology, that capability? And very few can actually give you a sound reason. And it's usually because someone's done some research and said, hey, we need this, or a good technology vendor has sold them the concept. But very few have actually come back and realized that what's the underlying use case in my business? What's the need? What am I trying to change? What am I trying to enable with technology? and then actually find the right technology investment or the vendor that can actually support that use case rather than just invest in the new trend, so to speak, or the new toy that's come out. Yeah, we like to say, don't invest in random acts of digital. Be purposeful in your plan. Yeah, I like that. If we cast our mind maybe a few years from now, do you think there'll be different types of technologies that supply chain managers of the future will need to invest in that maybe they're not even thinking about today? This is kind of the crystal ball question, huh, Pete? So if I had this, I could probably make a lot of money. But hey, there's one thing that I believe we should be able to do that we haven't done yet. So if we can cache the world's internet and have a search engine render any content available to us in a millisecond, one would think we'd be able to find anything we were looking for across the extended supply chain in much the same way. So I am challenging software vendors to create the world's first supply chain search engine. I like it. And what do you think, let's say this new capability becomes part of the standard tool set of future supply chain managers, the power that it could unleash, Rob, what benefits do you feel organizations would reap from such an investment? Some of it has to do with information latency. So if we can truly connect from the point of consumption all the way back to the sources of supply, we could eliminate a lot of the processes, a lot of the bloats, a lot of the, quite frankly, the bullwhip that's happening in between and eliminate inventory. There's a lot of things, Pete, that we could do better if we could more real-time connect information from the point of consumption on back to the sources of supply. If I'm crystal ball, right, you and I have seen this challenge a lot recently and the pandemic just heightened it. Everyone talks about end-to-end visibility, but you and I both know once you get beyond tier one, you're lucky if you get accuracy as you move from tier one to tier two supplier, right? But getting beyond tier two and the accuracy around which supplier is actually supplying that tier two supplier down through the chain, the, the accuracy is almost zero because despite everyone's best efforts of mapping supply chains, unless you do a true physical audit and open up all the paperwork, you really don't know who's buying from who. Maybe your request to get that information in a millisecond might actually unleash some true visibility that we know just doesn't exist today beyond pretty much tier one or tier two at best. I see some more practical uses for having supply chain 
information more easily discoverable. You can discover additional sources of supply. You can better track and trace goods and materials. You can get ahead of changes in demand real time. Having full transparency, real time visibility to any information you need across that extended supply chain as easy as searching for something on a internet search engine it would be immensely valuable. And I often say if we can cache the world's web pages, we should be able to do the same with this information that exists across the extended supply chain. And the good thing is wind back 10 years ago, have a look at procurement, how procurement has transformed with self-service. We're all now used to, you know, drag a menu, click, and then someone went, well, why can't we do that for procurement? Where the business can actually use the technology to find what they want, order it, and then automate the PO right through to the source to pay process. So 10, 15 years ago, there was this great capability that was being used at home, but not in business. And maybe your example there is what could happen in the future. Thanks, Rob, for your time today. It's been hugely valuable, as always, to hear your insights and learn from your experience. If you'd like to explore this topic in more detail, that is how digital transformation is shaping future supply chains across the world, you can read our report, Supply Chain Trends Shaking Up 2023, accessible via the link in the description. Here you'll also find an overview of the other trends we'll be exploring. You can get in touch with myself or Rob directly should you have any further questions or would like to discuss how we can help you to navigate the challenges and explore the opportunities that come with ongoing change and disruption. Simply get in touch via the links in the report. You can listen right now to our other episodes discussing the 2023 supply chain trends wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, thanks to Rob once again and thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insights Into Action. Please visit our website for more advisory insights and all the other episodes in the series. Make sure to subscribe through your podcast provider so you're alerted for any new episodes and check out the other podcasts available from KPMG. Thank you and see you next time.